Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and today it's his webinar, Free Eat 2. It's NXT UK, but I am not alone. I have the pleasure to be joined <laughs> by Monty. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm ready to get back into it. Uh, it's been a while, you know, uh, honestly, uh, but I, I caught up. I got a chance to check out everything that has happened, so I'm ready to uh, break it down, you know, but I'm happy to be back here on the WNR. Well, like I said, it's always great to have you on. I do apologise for giving you so much trying and watch. I know, unlike me, you have a life, and I'd just like to apologise for everything. <laughs> oh, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. I I, I love doing it. Uh, this is, uh, I wouldn't, you know, I really love not only just wrestling in general, but podcasting. So this is always fun. I'm always down to do a podcast, especially when it's about wrestling. So we can do it, man. Uh Let's do this. <laughs> no, we're, bad. Uh, we're going to get to it. We've only got three episodes of NXT UK to catch up on, but we have yep. a shitload. Of, and, uh, of course, yeah. we'll get into all that good stuff later on. But we start with lately W that broken. Weirdly enough, the last time I actually <laughs> said Bobby Lashley. It's nice they listened. Uh, yeah. what, <laughs> what were your thoughts on this? Oh, man, I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot, you know, about uh bob and uh uh you know it's just it was kind of cool to see you know uh a retrospective of a lot of the things that he's gotten uh gotten to do over the years you know and i didn't even really know the details really until recently uh watching this and watching uh the i think it was wwe 24 uh and learning about why he ended up not being able to go in the olympics in 2004 so it was just he getting insight insight into situations like that uh, hearing some of the things that keeps him, you know, on top of his game at, at his at his age, and you know, you can't even tell he is his age. It's just, it's just unbelievable. It was great to learn more about him. And Austin is great as his job. He's always asked the right questions, and they they seem this one seemed to flow really well. And uh, I was really happy with this. Though. I was definitely happy with uh, not only the selection of having Bobby Lashley, but the uh, outcome of the show. It was a good watch. I learned a lot, and it was fun. Yeah, without a doubt, like you said, with Stone Cold, he kind of makes everybody feel comfortable. I mean, he asked Bobby, yeah. you know, one of the first questions, how how long have you been shaving your head? And it's, you know, you don't think about it. You go, oh, wait a minute. Right. And then that makes Bobby more comfortable. He comes across as extremely likable, and he talks about, like, like likes to read. Yeah. And, it, you know, such a nice guy. And you think the guy looks like a killer, but, you know, <laughs> just, just as nice Well, it's guy. funny. It's funny. I remember uh, years ago, uh, especially before this run and his re- most recent TNA run, uh, you know, that was a thing. That was one of the knocks is, you know, he looks like a monster, but when you let him speak or when you just got to know him, he's, he's so, he's so mild mannered. So it's hilarious. It's great to see how he's settled into just being an ass kicker and like the, the confidence that he, portrays on television now and uh, his recent run and what he did in, in impact uh it was just it's kind of cool to see you know both sides of bobby and you know uh but yeah uh i agree it's kind of funny how you mentioned it <laughs> well the thing is as well why because some wrestlers yeah them, and a lot of we noticed but they didn't really right. it, and then I, but then again that didn't work out like, right i'm back now. talks about wanting to learn and going you know credits impact going there and actually learning how to wrestle and it's amazing when you see these interviews and it's like it's normally 10 years of someone in a wrestler when they start actually kind of what's going on exactly what happened to bobby lashley as well yeah yeah you have these unique people who uh 
people are really young and they catch on really fast. And, you know, um, those outliers, though, like you said, a lot of times it comes with experience. Some of the greatest matches uh, of, of a lot of the greats' careers happen late in later stages. You know, it didn't all come together in the first five to, uh, you know, look at Stone Cold Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, the first five years of his career as comparison to, like, the last five of his actual wrestling career. And you'll see two different, completely story, completely different stories in the finished product. And so it's, it's kind of crazy when you think about that. But, yeah, uh, Bobby Lash is another example of just, like, that hard work paying off. And uh, I think, you know, with his last, his most recent run, it was it was a it all culminated perfectly. You know, he finally was where he needed to be character wise, along with where he's been physically and in the ring. Well, I quite like the fact they mentioned the MMA and the Bellator stuff because that's when I kind of picked up from Bobby. You know what I mean, like his right. nice. mentioned CM and Dan Lambert who are on AEW telling. But then again, you're not really going to tell Bobby <laughs> that, I <laughs> like you know. And one of the things that did match you make me laugh out loud was uh, MV Impact scheduled to be the champion, got injured, <laughs> Bobby became it, and then in WWE, MVP getting injured, Lashley wins, and he says, that's right. a good thing now. That was, those little bit of nuggets of information are fantastic. <laughs> yeah, man, like paying attention to that amount of detail because it's ironic how that worked out. But yeah, I definitely popped at that story, and I love how uh, you know Bobby expressed something as simple as what the Hurt Business were. Yeah were wearing and how important that was, you know, and how much that meant to them. And, you know, so it's just, you know, it made me, make me wish they lasted a lot longer than they did. I'm pretty sure we all missed the hurt business. Uh, they, they had so much potential, but at the end of the day, yeah, this was, this was fun. This was great stuff. And I, I can't wait to see what, what, who Austin interviews next. Like I always learn a lot, even if it's someone I've heard speak about their career numerous times, they find a way to, you know, strike up another interesting topic or you find out another, you know, factoid. So it's just always great to watch uh, a smoking, I mean, uh, a broken skull session. Yeah, that, that, like I said, that fire. It's really, really good. The next frolic, there's a picture. So okay, like that's going to be good. There's a picture with Stone Cold. Uh, <laughs> if no one's seen that yet, please pause the show, see it, and then come back. Uh, move on to WWE 24 because WWE get a lot. Of we know that there's one thing they do better than most kind of you know companies, let alone wrestling, is to document. And uh, obviously, WWE 24 looking at WrestleMania Night One and Night Two. Uh, we talk about Night One for um, again. This was so interesting to see behind the curtain. Yeah, always a great, always just great to hear, uh, you know, not see all the visuals, see, like you said, uh, for example, I remember, we all remember experiencing watching WrestleMania this past year uh, and, the, and the insanity that was the rain delay and kind of seeing how the the wrestlers were also going through that insanity with, along with the live audience to see. Uh, that you know, little things like that is just such a great, such a great touch. Always great to see uh, a lot of that. And then, of course, the ins and outs of the stories going going into Bianca's uh, main event and Cesaro's story, and uh, you know, just overall, it's just like you said, W twenty four is always uh, a good watch. And I, I actually did not have any intention of watching it. Uh, that after I think uh, SummerSlam, right? I think it was SummerSlam when it's debut. 
Yeah, yeah. It's been a week. It's been a while now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, you're uh, over it. You're over it. It's fine. But yeah, I watched it live when it actually first aired, and I uh, right after the pay per view. And I usually don't do that. I had all of the intentions of cutting it off, but once I got started watching, I was you know kind of hooked. You know, I couldn't I couldn't go away. And so it, it was really well done. I really enjoyed uh, the night one special. Well, the night one, I thought they're going to have to blur Braun Strowman. There's going to be a lot of blurring <laughs> going on. Kind of, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's crazy to think, you know, even on both nights, the amount of wrestlers, even with um, the takeover, the, uh, the yeah. stand and deliver, how many wrestlers are not, in the company, I think we should look back at Christmas and just go. There's two left. There's two left. <laughs> <laughs> They're all gone. Oh my goodness! Don't even get me started. This is it's insanity. You know, I, it's almost impossible to keep up with. You know, um, sometimes uh, sometimes I find myself, you know, watching an Impact. Sometimes or watching a clip of Impact, watching a clip of something from AW, and like, whoa, you know, is this a Twilight Zone? Because like everything is completely different. Yeah, like everything, for example, if you want to go listen to uh, our very first NXT update of the Double oh, podcast, you will probably feel like that was a century ago. Uh, just, you know, it's insanity in overall. We're at that, and enough, um, coming up, start of October. Yeah. We'll make wow. Sure so, yeah, that. since last October, this is a completely different world. <laughs> Well, going back to uh, 24 and talking about a different world, they really dropped the ball with Cesaro. I mean, how over, and, and yeah. that move again, like it's, I can't remember yeah. what he called it, but on the shoulders, that's all I have to say and picking about. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> Who did he, did he eat Vince's lunch? Like, what? what? I, I don't understand, like, why it's such a stop and start. It's always this way. If you followed Cesaro for, or, you know, enti- his entire it seems like it's always a good few months or a good angle here and then the next thing you know back lost into the shuffle you know uh, I don't understand it he seemed like he was on pace for some special uh, things even uh, with the Roman stuff you know I thought maybe it was a little soon for him to challenge Roman right after the self story but you know since then he has been pretty much like you said just doesn't really nowhere near as important as he was just a few months ago and I know, I think sometimes I think WWE takes him for granted because he's always going to make it work. If you see what I'm saying, if you throw him out there uh, in a burst and you need him to get over babyface style, he's always going to be able to do that. If you need him to turn heel and execute with a tag team or whatever, he's going to always be able to do that. So I think sometimes they take him for granted because they don't necessarily want him at the top of the card, but at the same time. They, you know, they know that at the end of the day, he'll be over. At the end of the day, it's going to be a solid match when we put him on the card. And they kind of take that for granted. You know how it is. You know, it, you know, we talk about it all the time. People like Kofi Kingston and numerous amounts of people who had to work a long, long time before they ever got the recognition that they deserve. And you can just ask Cesaro to the list. And that's a growing list in this company. I can think of a lot of guys who probably deserve a lot more than just what they have been uh, given uh, recently, if you think about it. But, you know, it's not always about what you deserve, I guess. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? And it's the wrestlers. But you also could be cur- the curse of Roman Reigns. Let's not forget, he's done more damage <laughs> to the top-level roster. I mean, when you think, what, Brawl, yeah, Bean, everyone, Kevin Owens is obviously looking like he's not going to sign his contract as well. You know, obviously, Daniel right. Bryan, Edge is going to 
Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's crazy. But how nice is Cesaro? How across? I mean, also Bobby yeah. got really gushed though, but Cesaro just seems right. like a, a nice. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, he's genuinely a good guy. You know, everything you, you hear about him, he's always been beloved and he's been having great matches for a really, really long time. And I'm not going to be, again, I'm not one of those people who, think everyone needs to go to AEW, but man, if he could spread his wing uh, and, you know, not not even AEW, NXT, a true NXT run or uh, NXT UK run or something like, it, you know what I mean? Something yeah. where he can actually get a chance to showcase what he can do on a, uh, on a basis, uh, on a, you know, a full-time basis and not just be, he should never be in catering. Like I see it all the time. Like I was watching, there's no way that he should have been so important at WrestleMania. And then now it's summer, you know, nowhere to be found. Like, I, I don't understand how you don't have a place for Cesaro on your card. Yeah, it uh, is crazy, you know, when you think about that uh, brass, and it's, you know, but I suppose it's another thing. Back to this, Bianca gets emotional, I get emotional. Yeah. That's what I worked out. Every time Belair starts <laughs> working, I start going. And I'm still pissed off Drew lost. I'm still not over it. You would think that amount of time. Uh, nearly ruined my WrestleMania. With the rain, I expected more accidents. And you look at how the you know, rain, it's a surprise that we just had one slip, really, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it's amazing when you really think about just how bad it started out. Like, I was expecting a lot more uh, problems with that miss, electrical possible problem. Who knows? But, you know, maybe, you know, things were, uh, they, you know, they did a really good job of getting things on track once everything settled down. But, you know, that's one of those risks you take when you want to do these outdoor stadiums. You know, they want the, the big hoopla, the big feel of WrestleMania. Well, you know, some you know, Mother Nature is not going to always agree with your scheduling. So they did, they, they, but they did a really good job when you really think about like the chaos of putting on a show. It's, it's chaotic enough putting on a show of that magnitude in general. But when you add a weather threat and you add having to go through the rain delays, they did a really good job of, like you said, only having one big blooper. <laughs> well, especially with the kind of like the, the rain that, that was happening. It looked like, but on to, and like again, uh, Brian would. But isn't it crazy to think <laughs> 2010? Uh, both with 11 years. And if that's even crazy, the tally would be 13 years. 13, that's the same yeah. as Bret Hart was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised because, like, I'm someone who, as, about, as, as you know, I was watching the most recent Raw, I think, uh, as of this recording, and uh, Natalia was fighting Rhea Ripley. Uh, and uh, so with that, I was just sitting back and I was thinking because it was it was it was it wasn't perfect, but she's always solid. I mean, it's not really the most, you know, the flashiest, but it's always solid. And she's been great at moments too if you give her a chance and give her time, give the give her matches time, especially like in the past with Charlotte and NXT. And she's she has she's had great moments, uh, but you know, it's all, obviously not the run like you just said. It's thir- the length of Bret Hart. But she's not like the Bret Hart, the female <laughs> yeah. version of Bret Hart. Even though, like, she's the longest tenured, she trained a, a you know, a gen- probably a whole generation of a locker room. If you see what I'm saying, you know, like she's helped out in many, many ways. So, like, I do, I think the Natty deserves more credit. But at the same time, I kind of, uh, you know, understand, you know, why it's is not maybe to where I think she's like people don't even realize like you said time flies she was active with Bell Phoenix 
you know, and some of these people who like full-time commentary, you know, I know she comes back every now and then. Like, she was in a completely different era of women's wrestling. Don't get me started on the farting gimmick. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> like, uh, oh, man, I'm glad we passed that time. And, and there's people who probably have no clue what I'm mentioning. But, yeah, people like her. Naomi is another person that I think, by the way, the years are sneaking by. Mm-hmm. You don't realize just how long she's been with the company. Like, yeah, man, it's, it's amazing. Just like Alicia Fox's whole career just zoomed by. Speaking of the women, like, and we talk about the... And Ripley is asked, is Simon Belair at the Royal Rumble and Ripley being, you know, Oscar? <laughs> and let's not forget, no, it's all right. That is the answer to the question. Just Charlotte. <laughs> I can at least guarantee Charlotte. <laughs> we could, yeah, you know, like we talk about, you could listen to any podcast, you know, go in a year's time and Charlotte will still be champion somewhere. That, that's always. Yeah. But Paul Hamer was a perfect Daniel. And when you think about the moment we had with a crowd, with the announcement. It is incredible that they all lined up, especially when you consider Daniel Bryan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing looking back. Like you said, the entire spectrum has changed almost, you know, and it's it's crazy how that happened. It just just happened, but at the same time, it's it's like, it's still like, uh, it it has a lasting effect, but when you look back on, on that moment, that match ended up being, you know, one of the most entertaining matches of the weekend. Uh, and I, I believe, like you said, Paul Heyman explained it. You could just listen to him talk about anything wrestling-related for him. He's just, like you said, a great one of the greatest storytellers you could think of. Uh, but, uh, you know, when you think about all three of these guys meeting in this moment, and I don't think people – I think maybe at the moment you almost take, took it for granted because I don't think people realize, but like looking back, that's going to be Brian's last image in WWE. It's crazy. <laughs> it's getting stacked. It's getting stacked. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, or then the fact that you stack Edge and Brian, like the, that finish too, just like the imagery of behind it. I always thought that that was kind of almost understated. You know, we kind of let that happen, but he literally did it. And it's not, you know, that's not what I'm used to seeing, you know, that type of definitive finish, but the match, itself was great and yeah getting that insight seeing the nerves that i know that went into it and also experiencing like even the little mini storylines of edge finally getting to perform in front of uh you know a wrestlemania crowd after making his big return in front of no one you know what i mean so like uh it's, it's, it was it's was amazing and again like we said that'll be 24 does a really really awesome job of uh you know Telling those stories in a great way and putting making it all come together perfectly. Yeah, right down. Brilliant stuff. And finally, it was nice to see Timmy White as well <laughs> recently. Absolutely. Yeah. And then lastly on the network, never forget uh, of a commentary about the first SmackDown after. Um, now, I did speak to the ultimate one about this on our last podcast. Incredible uh, to go back and listen wow. to that. Uh, but where were you on the day and what were your memories uh, of it, if any, you know? <laughs> Well, I'm probably gonna uh, show my age here, but I was uh, I was in first grade, you know, in in Louisiana, you know, so I was like completely uh, I wouldn't say unattached because like what happened is when you when you're in first grade, you don't really know what's going on, and they cancel school, and you have it's a half day. You're just excited that you're getting out of school. We didn't really have a, a clear explanation of what was going on, but we saw like the 
the the terror and shock. I know I remember just and the teachers didn't have did not have a clue what was going on. So you just you could just see we didn't know. Uh because I, I they just didn't express everything in great detail. I just remember getting off getting off the school bus and going to my aunt's house and uh seeing it on the television what actually happened. And still, like I said, being so young, just five, just six years old, I believe. Yeah, two thousand and one. So not even not quite six, just still five. But in first grade, and yeah, I just remember getting out of school early, looking at it, and just not not even having a clue, you know, what just happened. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I can only imagine what it was like to be in the area at that time, you know, in New York. So, man, I definitely had to seek that story out from Ultimate One. But uh, the the special that uh, WWE made about it is always funny to me, you know. Uh, and this is not to take away from the moment that WWE loves to highlight. But if you ever notice, it's always funny to me how they just act like the wrestling show that they had gave at the time was like the most it was the most special thing. And I'm not saying it's not because you know it was a, a great moment. But the way they took their own horn about that show. You know, when a lot of other things were canceled at that time because it was just, you know, it was a difficult moment. No one knew what was going on. The state of the country was weird, and you know, uh, at that time. But it's it's just funny looking back on how WWE looks at it. <laughs> to me, when I think about it, like the uh, the the speech that Vince McMahon gave and how dramatized their their review of that is. But it definitely was a, a big moment at the time. It was always. I do remember at the time the show being a big deal. So in, if we're putting it in that proper context, I do understand why, uh, you know, a 20 year anniversary, I understand why this special was, uh, was probably, you know, a good special for people to watch, but it's always funny to me to watch WWE tooth their horn, make it a little bit bigger than maybe than it probably was, you know, that's WWE for you. Oh, Everything's no, over the top. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I do have a story, weirdly enough. I didn't say this because, like I said, mine doesn't matter. But um, as right. a, you know, as a uh, twelve, I think twelve or thirteen years old, and I had the chance to go to New York, October of two thousand. Uh, and whilst there, oh, wow. you, you know, you kind of want to do everything. Want to go to the Empire State Building, but it was, we couldn't do it, so we decided to the World Trade Center instead. So we actually went to the top of the round. It's an incredible. Always had that close association and then obviously 11 months later um coming home from school saying um but again i'm not yeah. saying i've been a little had a love of a age and movies <laughs> you know i mean that i know that a lot right. of people might not like america but that's not me and um you know when it happened it was absolutely crazy like, i remember WWE, and like you said a lot of it to pat themselves on the back but they said everything stopped yeah like, again until covid and i think that's when they're telling us on there you realize Fucking hell, that's, it's not been like that for 20 years. Yeah, and, and, and that, exactly. The moment in that time, it was very, very weird, very, very terrifying. Uh, it was just it was just crazy, you know. And like you said, until now, I don't think people really truly grasp what it was like to be, uh, you know, in a situation or like in a state of crisis like that, you know. And uh, as I got older, I got more educated on, you know, exactly things and now – it's, you know, now it's crazy. I remember at the time, uh, as I was getting older and I was younger, talking about 9-11 a certain way, you just couldn't do it. It was uh, 
one of those, you know, just one of those places that hit home with a lot of, one of those things that hit home with a lot of people. Then it got to the point to, as I was getting older, now it's just all types of conspiracy theories about 9-11, everything you could think of about 9-11. So it's just funny how time, you know, what time does to a situation. But yeah, I, I will never forget where I was when everything happened and how that day played out. It was one of those just, you know, I, it's just kind of like, I, I, I kind of compare it to, uh, when uh, people would tell stories about being in school the day Kennedy uh, was assassinated, the president, uh, you know, that that's the kind of story I have because I was in school kind of in a similar way. I've heard people tell the story in the past of being in school when the president was assassinated and all that type of stuff. So it's one of those situations. So, well, like uh, I said, yeah, without a it's doubt, crazy. you know, it's, it's, it's heavy metal, as my dad would say, but... Uh, just about the documentary quickly. Stone Cold, Stone Cold. You know, um, <laughs> Edge wanting to go home. The crew, you know, they were going to have a, a show. Yeah. Get stuck together. And you're just saying. Oh. And then, you know, when they did the show with the like, list, the national anthem made me cry again. Bless Lillian Garcia. You know, I don't. <laughs> I hope she gets the credit that she. I mean, like she's absolutely unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know the Rock faced Austin after the show, which kind of annoyed me because I was like, "Have I ever seen that match?" I didn't know. It existed. Yeah, and uh, again, and I, I, that was my first time ever he- really hearing about that part too. So, like, like that's what I'm saying. When you, uh, those are the greatest things about a lot of those documentaries. They're so well done. You find out things you just you you didn't even know, and it's just so cool to think about that. And just I can only imagine what it was like for the people who were there live. You know, in that moment, it was, you know, a lot of heavy hearts, a lot of, you know, uh, excitement. But at the same time, you know, it was a, it was the first step, you know, and that's they always talk about like that was one of the first public steps to normalcy. So it was kind of dope that wrestling was in that position. So I understand the importance of the uh, of this. And it was, again, that's what makes these documentaries so great. The little bit of things you pick up along the way, along with getting the backstage experience. But I can only imagine what it was like working that show. It like, had to be hectic, you know? Yeah, like, it's, it must have been. The documentary's not too bad, but, you know, like I said, in our life. Uh, we'll move on to news, though, because WWE Japan has closed its report um, saying the game business is over like the first. Of course, the original plan for NBC in the UK is to open Australia. There's a lot of talk with other Japanese. I don't know if you've heard any of these stories of WWE attempting with Japanese. Uh, and what is your, on them kind of stopping now, maybe more focusing again on American talent or maybe even just like British? Yeah, uh, I, I, I didn't even uh, really, uh, this is my first time even hearing that uh, they were shutting it down. So I don't really, I didn't really even know that. So. Uh, I do remember, of course, the attempt, the plan to uh, expand, and I thought it was a decent idea at the time. But you know, uh, it, it almost, you know, it makes sense to me that certain things would have to go away if you want to believe, you know, their key line for reason why their roster is depleted, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, you know, so like these budget cuts, I kind of it makes sense for that, if for that excuse, if they want to use that. Uh, and yeah, maybe they just want to focus, like you said, on more American talent, uh, uh, you know, more, uh, like you said, British, uh, or just like, you know, they don't really have the means or they feel they don't have the means to, to, uh, keep, you know, to do that right now, to keep spreading their wings out that way. Uh, especially when you think about the new direction that they, uh, recently have come out with, they want to bring, you know, homegrown, uh, you know, not too much independent wrestling talent. 
you know, into the fold. So, you know, maybe that's a part of that too. So I don't really know exactly what to think about it, but you know, you know, I don't, I really didn't, I really wasn't sure what, what the end goal was with WWE Japan anyway. It do kind of sucks that it's already dissolved, but you know, uh, I guess we'll just have to keep a lookout on see what's next. Yeah, and that. will they shift to like another place or will, you know, uh, like you said, they shift their focus to, you know, America and Europe. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. We had that, you know, Triple H big meeting of it going different places. He has changed from where it was maybe a couple of years ago as well now. But of course, you, yeah. know, you might not have heard that news story, but of course you've heard about Forby star Al Snow saving a child from drowning last <laughs> week. Uh, yeah. he's, he's sprung into action at Santa Rosa in Florida after hearing a young boy for help in the midst of a riptide. And when it became apparent the lifeguard wouldn't make it, he offered him headphones and got actually rested. Um, <laughs> you can't make those types of jokes. No, uh, he then went and actually sold um, and managed to grab him further out. Um, Snow said he was able to hand the child off to the lifeguard for swimming to save himself, noting that he uh, well done, Al Snow. That's a really um, up next. What the Undertaker and the New Day will be, oh, Lord. be released by WWE and Netflix in time for Halloween today. Escape the Undertaker. Uh, it features the Undertaker and the new fate as they enter Taker's mansion. Right, anybody's going to slate it, I dare you, you don't play it then. Don't don't play it when it comes on there. What, what are your thoughts on this? Is brilliant. Oh, goodness. <laughs> uh, you're talking about an immediate facepalm type of news. It's just, uh, you know, I, it's something, you know. <laughs> it's something. That's all I can say for you about that. I don't... Uh, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> the well, new day entering the Undertaker's mansion. I don't. What for? What purpose is what I want to know. Well, if the new day decides to go, <laughs> even if we want to keep it kayfabe, give me a kayfabe reason that the new day. <laughs> it's gonna be. I bet they can smell pancakes. But then again, would the Undertaker oh, be cooking pancakes? Onto arrival, six athletes training at WWE Performance still open to begin their journey. Uh, Minneapolis Bobby Stevenson, the brother of gold medalist Gable's job, yeah. but he stands six, six <laughs> feet. Bendy Pound. Um, yeah, I'm not reading it. I swear. Brady uh, Booker <laughs> comes center from the world of college football, having played middle line back build up the 21. That's their type. How see ya? Here isn't there. There's a little. Yeah, yeah. I've, <laughs> I noticed it. I'm picking it up. <laughs> uh, Jessica, well, Nico. Right, is a 21-year-old gymnast, bodybuilder, and crossfit okay. athlete, weighing 245 pounds oh. and six foot five. No, I'm joking. Uh, she's a gymnast <laughs> in trampoline. And then Joseph Fatu is the younger brother of SmackDown Tag Team Champions Jimmy and Jay, and the son of Rikisha, six and 23. With Dawkins is the uh, latest one, six foot one recruit, is a nephew of NBA legend Daryl. Oh my goodness. And also, Daryl Dawkins. Ain't that something? Yeah, it's good. Right, cool. Uh, WWE <laughs> signs. And then they signed Pit Gold Men. So to spring into. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting on you about uh, some of these guys' MLW and RH histories and, <laughs> and uh, you know, New Japan. I know someone got to be from New Japan, right? No? No, nope, nobody. <laughs> that looked like a lot of indies. Oh, oh, new direction. I'm joking. Uh, I, I think we obviously see the link here. If you, re- if you know, especially based off bios and 
you know, this is more of their style. If you really think about WWE, you know, athletes, you know, basketball and football players, you know, amateur wrestlers, you know, of course, with the headlines of Gable Stevenson uh, uh, and his brother already coming on Twitter saying he can see the Stevenson brothers. I don't know if that's going to happen because that that's not always, you know, just because your brothers don't mean you're going to end up attacking. But hey, who knows? That could be a future at some point. I about uh, to say, sorry, you, know, you could have the Stevensons and then Brock Lesnar can get Brock Anderson, the Brocks versus the Stevensons. I mean, that's money. <laughs> the Stevensons. Uh, the Brocks, Sunday. <laughs> what an armchair booker we have here. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, no, but sorry, obviously, that's an, interesting, that's, a, <laughs> that's an interesting offer, but... No, uh, the, they obviously they have an idea of what they what they're looking for, and you know I, I can't wait to see. You know we got to give these uh, these people time in the performance center. Maybe some of them will be further along than others. You know some of the, the thing is about performance center signing they go it's a spectrum. You know you got you have some of them where you okay I may come back to this picture and I'll see you down the line later, and then some of them you may never see get in the ring. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> you just gotta. I guess we'll see. I'm pretty sure we'll see Gable Stevenson, though. Yes. You know, you don't make all that hype, and we don't get a chance to see him. But yeah, Sephiroth, uh, Sephiroth too. Also, uh, he's the only one that I actually am like. I've actually seen wrestle before. So there you go with that. <laughs> well, <laughs> that could be your likeness. That could be a game changer. But up next, a name. <laughs> Oh, Hardy, Hardy. You can tell I've been doing it for six years, can't you? Hey, uh, hits keep coming. Parkable uh, Doe, who follows me on Twitter, uh, he's changed his profile to Gunner Harlan. He filed to trade oh. earlier this week. Oh. Gunner Harlan. Gunner Harlan. Um, <laughs> what are your fuck? I hope he doesn't come out like, I'm Gunner Harlan, <laughs> and I'm going to beat you. <laughs> Oh, oh man, somebody, somebody that size sounded like that. Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna um, take you out for. <laughs> oh my goodness, he's not kidding. The Ridge, you gonna Holland Ridge? Uh, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I have I'm nothing gonna, to say. This is a Holland, poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it? Hello, is it Jackson Riker's old name mixed with Ridge Holland? There we go. Yeah. Because I think Jackson Rocker was Gunner in him. If that, if that, uh, I, or is it? Wasn't it? Yeah, I don't. It doesn't was, matter. Yeah. He was not memorable. Okay, cool. All right, good. There's right, also there a big blonde football player called Eric Harlan. They might Eric Harlan. Okay, so maybe they're gonna tag them together as the Harlan <laughs> versus the Brock versus in the Brock. <laughs> WrestleMania. <laughs> take your fun, take my money. <laughs> 2025, WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, cool now. I'll get an email. Did you ever listen to that podcast you did back in you know, September? No. <laughs> you no, I don't remember. <laughs> Unless the DeLorean shows up. we got to go back. <laughs> <laughs> back to the podcast. Right, so I said arrivals. Now, departures? No, I don't know. But we have got health update and hopefully... And this was about Triple H. Uh, he underwent yeah. a last week at Yale New Cardiac. And the episode was caused by a genetic heart issue. He's expected to make a full recovery. He's about Vince Smackdown last week. The reason uh, they kept it in-house till after. Um, are you surprised with this? Uh, what are your thoughts? Man, uh, 
I'm glad. First and foremost, I'm very, very glad he's okay and everything went as planned. You know, that's that's a very, very scary situation. You know, uh, and I, I, I just know how I am. I'm, I, I have a, I have a bad sense of humor, and you know, once I found out he was okay, I did have a theory into how this played out. He was also misled by the headlines that thought he was being replaced. And you know, this is a high stress. This is a high stress uh, business he's in. He's doing a lot, he's making a lot of decisions, a lot of stuff going on. You never know. But all right, that's the joke. This situation, though, uh, really, really was shocking. Like I don't think no one expected that. I, it's funny. I heard, I saw CM Punk's promo uh, before he debuted in AEW on repeat a lot, just everywhere. YouTube. Everyone wanted to. Do the, see that that pipe bomb one some of his best moments in WWE so like everyone remember when CM Punk made the comment about Vince McMahon who and you know uh, about this the company won't be able to change the depth of Vince right who would have thought that way before that the first person to have a health scale relating to their heart would be Triple H over Vince if you think about it it's crazy right that's just unbelievably shocking, but I'm so happy that everything is fine, and I don't know, I just wish him the best going forward, but it's it's, in, it's insane when you think about uh, just, man, didn't we talk like two, three weeks ago, like, do you see how different things are just in the time in between yes, our shows? Yes, <laughs> like, look at what happens when we when we are apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to that, keep doing weekly shows, fuck tape, boys. That's this is insanity. <laughs> like, Vince, is there, you know, me worries and i know that's a bit no see i'm i'm with you i'm on the same dark mind state i'm sorry <laughs> but like i said no a full recovery and it's weird and maybe it's right that even without any wonder if he was around now then maybe you know you talk about that might be it mm-hmm. hopefully a full recovery just in time to come back so please yeah. you know that's <laughs> Do you see what I'm trying to say when I say a high-stress situation? We're all hoping for the best, but man. He's coming back home. I don't even work for him, and I'm stressed. He comes back and he goes... What, why the shit? Why is there shit up against the walls? And they, oh yeah, we we had we had shit. So we just start what imagine. So anyway, that's NXT. We get to enjoy that on the next next update. But we'll have some more NXT after we get through NXT UK. Because we got three episodes and we start off August twenty sixth for the show open. Amazing Dragon Off match from Takeover thirty six, where of course. Dragonoff become NXT UK champion. Then Andy Shepard welcome us straight into the action. It's no DQ. It's Joseph Connors with his rip-off winning regal gimmick in a shark cage. And it's Eva Valkyrie. It's Ginny. And we see Ginny attack a Valkyrie during the entrance and ram her into the ape for the cage. But she got counted and attacked Connors and locked him in a cage. Valkyrie beat Ginny up at the ringside and the bell went and rang at that point. And when it finally did, <laughs> these girls got it on. Uh, we see Aoife going leg first through a table. Looked absolutely <laughs> horrific. Jenny looking to pilmanise the ankle. Valkyrie got out, hit the top. They fought on the top of Valkyrie on the top, but lands on the leg she banged up on. And the landing didn't look great. The doctors then checked out on her. But let her can, uh, Valkyrie hit a spin kick onto a chair. Jenny had brought it to the ring, but only scored her a two. And then Valkyrie then from the chair, picked her up, and gave her a sort of pump handle slam onto the chair for the pin victory this was a bang of a match what we all yeah i really thought this match started off hot you know and after the promos and the build 
you know, because uh, I thought they did. I thought I was really excited to see what they do. And, you know, I, I have to point out that barely five minutes into the match, I couldn't wait for Connors to shut up. His voice was just annoying me. <laughs> I guess that's one of those things you got to get back used to with the uh, the emptier arena. Uh, uh, we got took on a tour of the BT Sports studio. I like that part. Uh, you know, and uh, I really thought that Valkyrie was allowed to really get a lot in, you know, uh, and just get, you know, it kind of felt like Jenny definitely got her comeuppance. Uh, you know, it was funny to me when Jenny told Valkyrie that she didn't belong in the ring with her. They literally proceeded to put her right in the ring that she <laughs> said she didn't belong in. That was funny. You know, after the, the big slap, you know, that was a nice spot. But, uh, you know, this match really couldn't have finished because that that's one, that's like the self Rollins. I don't think it was as bad as self's injury ended up being, but that spot is always a risk to sunset flip bomb. And, you know, she, she showed great toughness to just finish it. And because uh, the debacle did not look good, but you know, I thought they this was a great match by two great professionals, and I just enjoyed the match. It was great. Yeah, she was either like Shawn Michaels level cell, or she was really injured, you know. And right, to get through exactly. That, uh, she does has that think about Aoife that I like, but I don't know about you, but Ginny, I, I think I shouldn't like the ring work. She's right. pretty solid. I agree. She's really, really good in the ring, and her promos, like I, I like how. The promo style that she has, I like how it matches her style in the ring. You know that that just that that arrogance that she fights with, but also with this aggressive mean streak, and she gets a chance to show it. And her and Valkyrie uh, really try to they really lay into each other. If you really think about it, the matches, the regular match and this match, uh, they 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 do not pull punches, and this was uh, no exception. So I really, I agree. I don't. You can look come looking at this. I think coming from this situation, they both, you know, that's the beauty of it. No one so far has lost status to me uh, in this feud. I think it's been pretty, really, uh, it's been good for both ladies. Without doubt, and take note, AEW, only an hour program NXT UK has, but they've got the build and the payoff for a second, you see? It can yeah. be done. Uh, Emilia McKenzie <laughs> was asked about training with Miko Satamore, and Mel walked up and told Satamore she wanted a rematch. Since she came this close to Emilia, got in her face and she told her this was a grown woman's conversation to go play somewhere else. Emilia wouldn't move, and Mel told her she would go through her to get to the champion. And Satamore, I wonder how long it's going to take for you to start getting. There's nothing worse than someone getting in front of the teacher and giving you a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get Ilya Dragunov cutting an amazing sit-down promo with clips from his match with his promo verbatim. I'm a champion. I'm your NXT UK champion. I wish to describe how it... F- I can't just account this. The fear. I can't describe how it is. out fighting. I can't. It's out of pain. Transfer pride. And on my... My face. Everything I have to give. And every single person who's trying to take that away from... Long live the Tsar. Fucking quality. Yeah. That's just it's beautiful, and I love how uh, it's 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 so it's well done in the fact that it can it can I can see that promo being something that he can reference back to no matter where his character go, you know, coming back because it, it left a, it was babyface and like great enough to where you want to root for him, but at the same time he still has that edge of you know he's gonna do whatever it takes to to keep this belt. So like. That means down the line, if he were to turn heel and maybe end up in a situation against someone else, that promo can be a great reference point that he told you from that he was going to do whatever it takes. So 
Yeah, uh, it was just um, unbelievably well done. You just the magnitude of everything he's saying and the passion in everything that Dragunov does, much less that promo. Uh, it was just all great, great stuff. Really, really good. And then up next, first round Heritage Cup number one contender tournament: Kenny Williams versus Oliver Carter. Round one, Carter dominated the round and Hamlin Williams started out aggressive. Carter then ran wild for Larry to tie. His attack cut. Carter scored a close near fall with a small package. Retreated to ringside and grabbed his still drinking bottle. He removed the top and buckle, distracted referee, and hit Carter with a bottle to score the final pinfall at one minute of the round. Williams wins two and one, and he is the scum of the earth. I thought, I think that's a perfect name. You know, with a victory like that, it's definitely a fashion that made him look like. You know, the scum of the earth, you know, and uh, it's probably my least favorite Harrison Cup match I've seen so far. I haven't really, uh, you know, as someone who's only seen uh, a handful, you know, it wasn't really, I, I didn't, you know, it was okay, though. I thought it was solid and it had decent moments, but it was predictably, you know, a 2-1 victory for Kenny Williams. I didn't really give Ashton much of a chance in my head, but I did think the finish was exciting and, uh, you know, and, and it fits and uh, I can't wait to see. Williams versus Noam Dar. Yeah, that is going to be a fantastic match. And like you said, it'd be interesting where Kenny can go as well. Um, and you would have thought Cart would have had advantage, but that's what probably got him back into it, I suppose. And then Nina Samuels yeah. doing her best kids came into and Samuel Davenport. She left for. I don't <laughs> mind Samuels in this role. And then Isla Dawn was back in the woods with a little wooden wicken box and put the strands oh, in his Lord. hair next to Mackenzie's watch. Then put the box back on the side. He's still creeping in a dull <laughs> and then the video I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who's taking the cake worse. At least I can. I don't know, man. Which crowd? <laughs> Alexa. Uh. <laughs> we get a video every... And then knock out Sunny match in the main event. Ramp up. Open the black ropes as well. Yes, I'll be round to make shipping out. And we see him trading hard <laughs> shots early on. Beating each other through the barricade and back, and both were in a fight. They traded blows and were half right, but Rampage wasn't out. Glasgow sent off in the bells, but Brown still was conscious. He came back with a hard clothesline, the Dr. Brown then hit him one with more strikes, another Dr. Bomb, and followed with some hammer fists until Coffee was out and the referee, referee stopped the match. And then Coffee bumped Brown's fist after the match. Um, what were your thoughts on this? Because you don't get this. No, I, I, you really don't. It was a very physical match, you know, like you mentioned earlier. And I thought the right person won. And, uh, and you know, and the commentators, you know, I have to say this, were a lot more pumped for this match than maybe I was, even though I did understand what they were uh, reacting to. Because coffee, oh, my goodness, man, like at moments just was doing things like the, the, the salt. It's always great to see someone his size doing a moonsault. And um, just not just like the physicality and like you said, they they had moments where they obviously not only, you know, sold it well, but looked very winded. It was just a fight, a real fight. And honestly, at times, in my opinion, I thought it went just a little bit too long for me. That may be like the only thing I can say about it. You know, it it dragged on at moments, even though I thought it was uh, all okay stuff. And I don't have a problem with a long contest, but I thought the longer the match went, the more it didn't really fit, see what it didn't fit what these guys are really doing to each other. You know, these two guys are big, powerful, high impact guys. You know, uh, I know it would take a lot more to knock someone out because they're tough, and I get the toughness part. But at the same time, 
when you have the repertoire that they have, you would want it to have a little bit more finality, maybe a little bit sooner, just maybe from my point of view. Well, maybe yeah. I'm nitpicking, but I thought it lasted a little bit too long, and it just it took an exhausting amount of time to wrap up, just in my estimation. Well, this is, that's an excellent point, because the thing with heavyweight boxing, or the reason why I want it can end any second, because when you've got guys right. that big, you know, it can. And like you said, I think the length, yeah, as she said, no, um, like I said, it's, it's been, <laughs> it, it wasn't bad. Like, two Mack trucks, back-to-back, it should have right. been a bit overdue and, as well. Right, and I must say, it also may be just the me being spoiled with watching a lot of these fan shows. Maybe in front of a crowd who can react to a lot of these bigger shots and add to the, uh, you know, add to the feel of the match. Because it felt like a big fight, as big as it could be, but you still are in the BT Sport Arena. You still have the pandemic. So it all just felt a little bit bigger than it actually was, you know, made off to be a little bit bigger than it actually was. But maybe with a crowd there, it feel, it'll match, like, the excitement, the energy in the building will match the excitement of the commentary or match what the guys are doing in the ring. But for me, it was a little bit of a disconnect and it just took a little too long. That's a good point. And we move on to September 2nd. And Andy Shepard and Nigel begins. Welcome fans again to the show. And we start off with Blair Davenport versus Nina Samuels. But Davenport knocks Samuels right off the top rope. Second after the bell hasn't rung yet, but Davenport is determined to gain the lead in this bout. They make the way to the ring. Davenport slams Samuels into the mat with a falcon arrow. She grabs Samuel's hands and he stopped them for continuing this match. Again, the bell never rang. And Sid Sculler charges to the ring and stops the match. He tells Davenport to make her way to his office right now. Instead, she hits him with a Kamigoni, then smashes him into the mat with a nine arrow. Several referees come out to help Sculler. Davenport retreats and holds up high. Um, I mean, honestly, what do you think of this? I, I know, I don't know how long you've been in the UK, but no one ever has put their hands on. Yeah, and, and, and you know, even in, if you want to think about historically with wrestling, you know, it's not often that women get to do this also, you know what I mean, to uh, to take out the authority figure, you know. If, if it happens every now and then, it's a heel, and, you know, and someone uh, who's done this, she's this, she's rare, still really early into her run, you know, initially going into this uh, match, I was excited to see her fight, face Nina because I thought it was like a continued, you know, climb up the ladder of contenders towards Mako, but... You know, uh, this came completely out of left field. I wasn't expecting it. It was it was interesting. You know, it's definitely something interesting here. And I I just, but again, I literally typed out, you know, where are we going with this? Because it, it's interesting, but I want to know, you know, where, what's going to be the end goal when it comes to this? Because, uh, man, uh, I was not expecting her to take out the assistant general manager. It's just, you know, it just felt so random, <laughs> you know, was, uh, uh, was... you know. I was so shocked. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this never happened. <laughs> she should come out and just be like, la, 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 match. There you go. Go. Don't, don't do this. Like, it really was right. like statement made. Maybe why it happened. But uh, we look back at Eva Valkyrie and Jenny's hardcore. Despite losing them, she remains. I really like that logic behind it because you can still get another match from in a couple more. Right. I agree. Uh, I think you definitely can get more out of this story and, and I, I didn't necessarily think, even with this being kind of a blow-off situation, that this would have to be the final encounter. Uh, but, you know, uh, I do think wins and losses still should matter. So uh, hopefully this injury does not derail maybe future, you know, title shot plans for Valkyrie, because I wouldn't mind seeing A for Valkyrie and Miko Sotomayor at some point, you know, uh, depending on 
how lengthy she will uh, she would have to be out. But uh, I like you said, it's great heel work right there by uh, by uh, her doing that and turning the heat. You know, you know, up like you know, yeah, I may have lost, but I'm the only one still here. So you know, you still have heat for that, and you can definitely kind of get your heat back morale wise, and you know, just get right back on the horse and keep going. So yeah, I I love that promo. Yeah, that out next week. Symbiosis will take on Saxon Hutfley and two partners of his choosing. And speaking of partners, uh, Dave Massive, Jack Stars. Uh, being this kind of oddball tag team. They took on Dan Maloney and Andy Wilde. The faces started strong, but the impressive Maloney, Royce Wilde and Matt Jacks, Styles come back in headbutt Maloney. Whoa, Mastiff makes one more tag in this. He tries to scout Cannonball victory. And Andy Wilde, yes, he's fucking... Uh, what do you think of this matchup? <laughs> uh, I thought this was solid stuff, you know. It was really, really good. Uh, solid tag team action. Probably, uh, you know, uh, uh, something that, you know, I something that you would... I'm, coming to be used to from uh, NXT UK, you know what I mean? Just a solid television match is the way I would des- describe this. Uh, but uh, Massive and Stars are continuing to build their record as a team to possibly get a tag team title match down the line at some point, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, I thought Wild, you know, at, in times, and it was very, they were very competitive. But, you know, I, I wanted to ask you, do you really, do you see Stars and Massive? Being an actual challenge to Pretty Deadly or, you know, the, or actual possible tag team champions? Is this where we're going? We, I think we're seeing them going to be the challengers, but I think Dave might be nice to throw stars as far as he possibly can in the studio. <laughs> and I think, you know, you could get some momentum on your side, maybe throw him outside right. and then have a massive heel because we've not really had that. I think the problem with NXT UK is that, with with angry hills at the moment, I mean, Shah Samuel's not really, you know, you've got my favourite as well, Sam Gradwell, and of course, Joe Coffey's maybe right. turning a little bit face. There's some big, you know, big badasses, isn't there? So, and as we've talked about with the situation, it's it's not that strong. You've got, um, you know, subculture and stuff like that. Yeah, maybe a bit stopgap. Speaking of pretty deadly, they were attacked by Gallus, Mark and Joe, <laughs> um, who looked like maybe they're turning face as well with Joe. And honestly, reactions, a double enough reaction, then it would be given for pretty <laughs> deadly because that was fantastic. Like, oh, yeah, over the top in nice paint. <laughs> what, what an outfit he was wearing and got soaked. <laughs> 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 Unbelievable. Next week, NXT UK will show Ear Dragonoff versus Volta from NXT Tago 36. Yes, I'm in. And Amelia McKenzie versus Amel is our next match. We see Amel locking in a million dollar dream to the mat. Amel looks uh, kicked out. McKenzie rolls Amel up with a small packet. Amel tries to ragdoll the counters with a backslide. It's a hard elbow in the corner and escapes with a well scout drop kick followed by a face wash. But McKenzie evades another counter from Amel and stacks her up. For the pinfall victory, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought this was solid. You know, typical WWE finish with the nice roll up, of course. Uh, you know, but uh, Amelia McKenzie came in, you know, stepped up and took out the uh, the former uh, the contender of uh, Amel. So uh, I was actually shocked by that. You know, I was expecting uh, Amel to take her out. You know, I know she was under Mako's wing, but I kind of. You know, I wasn't really ready for that victory, you know, but it was impressive showing by both ladies. And I really don't know. I don't necessarily believe that uh, not necessarily this Amelia McKenzie in a male situation, though, but I don't think a male is done chasing Mako Sotomayor. And I think 
uh, we'll see what happens as as time goes on with that. Yeah, I think that. I think both women show saying this was good when it warmed up. Student learning from the teachers, the overall arc at the moment, and even with Mel's boot coming off step, which uh, you know credit no. to that. Uh, we look back at what oh, Blair nice. Davenport did to Sis Scala early in today's program. Chopped. <laughs> um, and now the main event, Heritage Cup, number one contenders tournament, Nathan Fraser versus Tierman. Um, with Rohan Raj, we say. Round one, no fall. Round two, Fraser opens this round with lightning chops. Tierman wraps his hand around Fraser's neck. Rohan Raj, a dive. Back in the ring, Tierman clocks Fraser. The first fall in this matchup. Round three, again to round four. And Fraser runs his laser focus from Fraser's left arm. Tierman heads to the top and executes a missile drop kick on the back of Fraser's neck. And Tierman recover, but Fraser managed to kick out. Fraser traps Tierman with a small package and picks up the full. So all square leading to round five. And Tierman is beside him. Conversing <laughs> with Ryan Raja of what just happened. He was inches away from front face land, but Fraser pops out. The, Fraser flies out the ring with a dive through the ropes. A big elbow and Tierman for another knee. Fraser repositions himself on the top rope. Raja tries to distract him. Fraser jumps off. Tierman rolls out the way in time and hits a flipping DDT for the second <laughs> and final fall. Um, into the second round of the Heritage Cup. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? It's fantastic. Yeah, this is this is great stuff, man. I was really into this match. You know, I really love the intensity, like you said, specifically the fifth round, and just like you said, uh, Tillman just anger radiating through his body language, and Nathan Frazier just being unbelievably impressive. Uh, you know, to the point to where I almost was shocked that Tillman won. You know, because Frazier. Uh, looked really, really good at moments. And Tillman, like you said, had it won, you know, thought it was over. But I love that little tease. I love that little, you know, again, uh, predictably 2-1, of course. But the teases and the drama within the match uh, definitely ma- uh, makes up for it. So I really loved it. Uh, man, the only thing i said about the, the end of the last part, I, it's always funny to me how manager interruptions uh, – are now, you know, especially when a manager is just saying something as if someone saying your name would distract a wrestler. That, that only works in an empty arena setting because, like, if you if you were in a crowd, I'm sure you hear all types of stuff while you're in the in the middle of completing a move. You know what I'm saying? So it's just always funny to me. I think they did it with Drew at WrestleMania with the MVP just said something. And Drew hesitated and got speared, I believe, or whatever the situation was. Like that's just, you know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a, it's a crazy to me how just hearing something can stop a wrestler in his tracks. <laughs> it's, like, it's, 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 it's weird how it happens. But talking about that, some moves had my number. Yeah, as Pat, Pat no, that's the BDT. Uh, honestly, yeah. I, I was when I first saw Jarz of that. Do you think yeah. Tim has got that aggressive nature? Andrade did. Have. And I think if he can utilise that, he's going to be a major player in the UK. He'll be a great match, a champion. Um, really, really long stuff. So we move on to our last of the UK, ninth. And, of course, we open with a clip show of what falls in our match, hyping up the revisit show. And, of course, Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness on commentary. And the NXT Heritage Cup, number one contenders tournament, first round, Wolfgang Sam Gradwell. Round one, Wolfgang O'Powell Gradwell early. They brought it for the apron. Wolfgang was about to punch Gradwell in the mouth 
That's that round. Into round two, but I had Wolfgang trapped in an armbar on the mat about halfway in the round, but Wolfgang powered out. He hit an axe handle off the top and a running kick to retaliate, and Gradwell slapped him and escaped ringside to catch his breath for the last few seconds around. He ain't no yogurt. And then Wolfgang <laughs> started out wild, but Gradwell stops the spear with his knee brace, then hit the flatliner for the first four. 24 seconds of the round, Gradwell won it up. This is going to last. Into round was hurt. And he favoured him, immediately fought back and front slam off a suplex or a pin in one minute, 39 round. Bollock. And about, <laughs> I, I still hope Gradwell could do this. Into round five, Gradwell hit a hard forearm for a near fall in the first minute. He evaded two spears by Wolfgang, but fell victim to the third at one minute, 117 of the round. Wolfgang wins 2-1. The deep fried yogurt won. What were your thoughts? Wolfgang, uh, took the victory in a very, very physical match. I thought Gradwell did a really good job. I was really impressed at moments with him. I understand why you, you know, are rooting for Gradwell. That's the one thing that sucked about this entire situation. I kind of figured Wolfgang would get the victory, but I thought it kind of would come at the expense of someone who uh, has a lot of potential. Uh, So it kind of, it sucks. But, uh, you know, this is decent. This is uh, decent. What is decent? This is decent. (laughs) Uh, not necessarily the best thing I've ever seen. That's why I'm thinking about uh, B, I guess. But uh, this still was very, very decent. It was enjoyable. And, you know, maybe to me, uh, the Heritage Cup matches overall has just, like, kind of, like, declined as the tournament has went on. But, you know, uh, either way it goes, I think they had a lot to live up to because Noam Dard and uh, uh, Mark Andrews, I believe, started off really, really hot. So, you know, uh, maybe Norm Dark Kenny Williams will pick up the intensity. Uh, but uh, either way it go, I really enjoyed this overall. It wasn't bad. Like you said, the only, the only bummer of it was that Gradwell had to take the fall. <laughs> well, the thing is, I like Wolfgang, but I look at Gradwell and I think he's main roster ready, which I guess yeah. is a good, bad thing. You know, at this point. Helmet on. <laughs> Just, you know, start <laughs> quoting Shakespeare or some shit. Um, we get a video <laughs> recapping Blair Davenport's attack on Nina Samuels and says Scala Scala and then outset Davenport now I was a bit surprised at this I was a bit yeah, obviously shocked at the end but I think maybe no but I think maybe when we know um, he's, he got COVID and you know shows and whether it was I'm sure he's UK at this point in time but not travelling to Japan obviously with Davenport might be living in the same house so if he's done that yeah. would it be a case of just self-isolating and give it a couple of left off, unless they release. <laughs> and you never know, right? Oh, yeah. You never know with that. You never believe it, no. It's, that's the one thing about it. But you know what? That's a really, really safe bet. I uh, definitely, uh, when I first saw this finishing, I just, I didn't really know what, what was going on. But it, they'll be, they will be fools to let her go. So I don't know. Uh, I doubt it would be, it'd just be completely foolish. If it's one thing that will be, uh, even though, even when you think about losing people like Ruby Riot, uh, or you know Ruby Soho, now uh, they always they have the strong some of the strongest women's divisions in professional wrestling. It just would be a shame to to stop this before it gets started with the Blair Davenport. So I'm pretty sure it's something going on angle thing. But that's a great explanation with the Will Osprey uh, COVID stuff going on. So I, 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 I'm gonna go with your theory right now. <laughs> yes. Well, we see Kenny Williams, Noam Dahl talk about their match. 
both are despicable and Dar said yeah. it was an elephant who was stomped Williams out. The battle of cannot wait. <laughs> that, that was Scottish, by the way. Um, pretty deadly defending the NXT UK Tag Team Championships against Gallus next Gallus. week. And of course, when I say next week, I mean uh, next week. Well, we're doing it a little bit earlier. Uh, Gallus and Ladley sang backstage. Ace, the big head himself, came out of his locker room. He's getting a massage. He told Joe Coffey after he took care of his neck, he would take care of Coffey. Coffey got in Devin's face, who flinched, <laughs> held his neck in pain. So I suppose Devlin... Is it, <laughs> but, I mean, we talked about Devlin because he was lining up on take-up. It, should they be doing more with him or the way NXT UK is? And are they just waiting for it to open? Yeah, I, I think that. I think that. I think maybe uh, they're also waiting on the returns of, of Dragunov. I'm not saying for, specifically for Devlin, but it just seems like NXT UK has a lot uh, going on at the moment. Maybe a transitional period, just in general, when it comes to uh, their, especially the uh, the men's division. So. Uh, I'm not really sure, but yeah, you would think they had something planned, you know, after the great performance here in A-Kid put on, uh, you would think they would immediately try to get just more out of them, but you know, uh, I think it'll come with time, but I would love to see a Devil and Dragon off match down the line, so who knows, maybe we can get something built towards there, maybe that he can be a first contender. Yeah, that'd be really interesting to see what happens. And uh, up next, Oliver Carter, Ashton Smith, and Saxon Huxley. Osi had no music and a screen, and decided Huxley should be. And Huxley ran wild and wiped out Eddie Dennis. Who dropped, then followed up with clothes on off the top. Smith was in and hit a double suplex on Dennis. Smith is in trouble quickly as Primate attacked him from the outside. Fine headbutt by Primate, but Carter made pressing on his shoulders and Carter hit Carter. Eddie Dennis, man, I look at his work on your upper body. Um, <laughs> Carter and Smith, you're growing Talk about potential challenges, maybe those like to say impressive. Yeah, I agree 100%. You know, like you said, Pretty Deadly is in desperate need of fresh contenders, and I think they're a great, uh, you know, possible addition to the contenders list. It's funny. I think I should start charging you that point about every editing. <laughs> it's if I, if I, I probably would make pretty good bank, so I think because I think we at least three for three. How many? How many? How many updates have I done? Three, two. Yeah, well, yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's a, it's just a noise. It. If it, if it was me, <laughs> you know, his eyes are fantastic and he looks, you know, terrifying. Just... Uh, no, I get it. It makes sense. It's just I just know you're gonna mention it, and I just it's a nice touch. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to see Oliver Carter finally get a victory. You know, ever since I've been keeping up with it, I haven't really seen him win much. Uh, so, yeah, I think Smith and Carter definitely have a future. And uh, it would be nice to see. Maybe, maybe, like you said, maybe as they continue to climb up the ladder, maybe they'll be closer to the contender spot than even uh, a Stars and Masters. Uh, uh, but I thought this was solid. This was really, really fun trios match. It was very, very well paced. And I, I can't complain about anything about it. No, symbiosis from 2B, not the team. Uh, Stevie Tyler was asked about a match with Miko Satamora. She said that she got a title match and an only fourth match. And now they had a blueprint to breeding her. And Milla McKenzie again, with that fucking... Walks up and said it was interesting. That Tyler bowed my Satamora when she was beaten by her. And that McKenzie would beat her too. And after she left, Tyler pouted again. What the fuck is true? Anyway, uh, pretty deadly cut and entertainment promo. Talk about how they would beat Gallus next week, just as they had six months. And before Ear versus Volta 2, I watched the first one because, like I said, I have no life. Um, at that point, 500 Ear had the. And after that, so <laughs> free play, Ear defeating Volta. Of course, we had Ear, Ray Ripley, Cesaro, McIntyre, Ballard, and Seamus. 
for this match. Uh, to in slightly better shape. But, I mean, what did you think of the comments by the ref? I could watch this, like, every... I agree 100%. It's always a good time when you have, when you get that match on. You know, how can you turn down watching it? You know, it's going to be great. Uh, you know, and it's even better. I, I really like the touch of adding the insight, you know, and just seeing the other comments. You know, I don't, I wasn't really, you know, expecting it to be in that way. I, when I first saw the announcement on the episode before, I thought it would just be a replay, and I understood it, you know, that good of a match. Why not replay it, re-air it? But adding the, you know, adding Dragonoff's comments, adding, like you said, McIntyre and all the other uh, comments was just such a great touch. You get to hear and see insight as the match is going on and see what people thought, other people who actually do this and what they think and how they thought it was absolutely awesome, just like we did in the moments <laughs> that we reacted to. So, you know, it, it's, it's always cool. And I, I love when Dragonoff was just like, you know, talking about how this was the best moment of his life next to the birth of his son. And when you think about that, you know, and you could just think about that and then you think about the emotion that he wrestles with and especially against Volta, the emotion that he that he fought with in that particular, in both matches, but especially in when he finally prevailed, you can see that this definitely meant uh, exactly what he said it meant to him. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's viral for many years. But stuff like that makes it real, damn it. You know what I mean? Well, like you said, <laughs> like, no tables or chairs, just pure wrestling. Oh, yeah, man. It's my match of the year so far. <laughs> even even without the snow about the first matchup. And then if, right. if you did and you watched the matchup to try to how he beat him in the first one very early on. And even the ending with both matches sleeper, it's almost like he had that in mind to get the job done. If you want to add that layer to it as well, you know, like you said, it's when it's done right, it's a real sporting contest that you can talk about. You've got the other side, which is the kind of sports entertainment. Exactly. And, you know, some of the best matches, in my opinion, are matches that you can just run back and you know it's just a good time. And you feel, every time you run them back, you feel like, you were there, or you remember your experience when you buried, when you first seen it. And I think both of their matches fall under that category. You know, also another great test, you know, muting the television and just letting it go without the environment and being able to just watch and get enthralled without any sound is another great test of a just uh, of one of those all-time classics. And that's, that, that's what you really get there is just – being able to be hung on to every single move, every transition, every strike, you know, uh, you know, it's just in, in, incredible, a great, great match. And like you said, I clear match of the year right now, honestly. Uh, and, you know, uh, it, it's just, it's crazy. It's just crazy to me just how well done this is. And I think this did a real, also does what it does for me is I just can't wait to see what else dragging off now can do as champion because, we ever after the first match, we all were waiting on the second one. So now, we, whether we get the third match or not, I'm waiting. We, we, you know, I you just can't wait to see what's next. And that's also what what makes wrestling great is that, you know, it's always another match. <laughs> yeah, this is the thing, and we even on this NXT UK kind of update that we've done. Actually, I want to say that to you as well. If you can come up, because obviously we do NXT update, and you can come up with an NXT UK. Uh, because I do AEW Prelude. 
So I'll leave that with you. I mean, obviously, we don't, you know, have to talk about that. But we've kind of basked in the glory of that match. And now what we need or what I want is here to get to work. You know, a couple of title defences that we're going to see now. Saints well. And and I think that will be really good. Because NXT UK has gone under the radar. uh, And especially at this moment, you don't know. It could close down next week. And to be fair, it wouldn't be like a a massive, massive surprise. Just because of how everything's happened, if you know (laughs) what I mean. Um, yeah, again, like I said, it, Agree. you know, it, it sounds like a, you never know. There's excellent talent. And of course, the next UK will be next month as well. But we will be together for NXT, uh, NXT update in a couple of weeks' time. Well, I say a couple of weeks. This show's coming out of the following. But we have to talk about the week because sometimes it could date an episode. So if people the Brock, uh, you know, people go, oh, well, I don't really understand. <laughs> but we have to, because possibly one of the great wrestling shows of all time happened. Uh, AEW All Out. What were your fun All Out? It was fucking incredible. <laughs> I, know, I know we were NXT, we're cheating on <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, it was one of the greatest shows of all time. You know, everyone has basically highlighted the uh, same thing, you know, for ever since it's ha- it took place, you know, just just a, a load of fun. You know what I mean? You know, at the end of the day, that that is one of those times where if you want to feel good show, you want to you want to have those you want moments, you want just everything that makes wrestling wrestling. All out had it, you know, it had you know what you need had one of the best tag matches you can think of with the uh, with the cage match. It, it had. You know, uh, a solid main event to me. Uh, you know, it's, you know, CM Punk coming back. It's just so many moments that you almost just, and you know, and then you almost gloss over the fact that Adam Cole and Brian Danielson shows up also, you know, or, you know, or you just, or you think about the returns and you almost gloss over just how great the wrestling was. Like, that's just, like, it's almost impossible to give it the credit it's due because from the moment everything started to, to the, the night, to you know, when everything was over, you know, it was uh compelling and great stuff. And this is what rest, professional wrestling is all about. I don't, you know, I'm not really uh into the pick a side in this, you know, war type of thing when it comes to WWE and AEW. At the end of the day, I'm a fan of professional wrestling, and you are not a fan of professional wrestling if what happened at all out, if you got a chance to watch it and it didn't get a rise out of you at all. I don't understand it. Uh, it, it was great stuff to me. Oh, right, uh, enough spot. The oh one. yeah, Minoru Suzuki. By the way, Minoru yeah. Suzuki. I know what a fucking reaction he got as well. Like those fans, man, just make it that special. <laughs> and how long have the AEW fans been waiting to go? Adam Cole, baby, Mark. Oh man, you know what I'm saying? We've been doing that for years. <laughs> Don't tell us you didn't yes. want any. Um, and I've spoke- opening day. <laughs> yeah, I spoke to the Albert <laughs> one. Uh, and I think our next live live show, because of course we'll do the Halloween special. Uh, at the end of October, but I think our next live show, sh- and we do the pre-show to an AEW, and okay. I think that Sounds should good. be mental if you're up for it. Uh, that'd be brilliant. Um, but like I said, it, it reverberated around the world all out, and even Mick Foley saying, uh, WWE, we've got a problem, and he signed <laughs> to a Legends contract. He said, it's no longer the place for talent to aspire to. He said, AEW's doing a great job attracting great talent, through building other talent, great, even brought up carrying and um, and I know a lot, but at least he's not sugar because it, right. was, it has been brilliant. There have been. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes you just got to be honest with yourself and own up to, you know, 
something simple. It's, you can't look at killer. You can't look at carry on cross. You can't even tell me about killer cross's impact and compare it to what you're seeing now, character wise, and what they have him doing and all of that. You know what you you know. So it's just obviously a disconnect. You know, Keith Lee, one of the most over. You know, if you could think about it, just had everything figured out, and then as soon as he gets to the main roster, everything changes. And of course, we all know that some of that was out of WWE's control, but at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that they did also <laughs> just change. And, you know, we've seen that. And like you said, you can't tell me that doesn't mean anything with someone like Mick Foley, one of the nicest. And, you know, he doesn't have to ever do anything like this. This obviously is something that he truly believed in. And you can just see it also in the talent. You know what I mean? The, the talent who leaves WWE and what they have to say about their new employment or just the idea of being free now everyone you know that people rather be a free agent just popping up in places around the world instead of being in WWE now it's even like and so it's a lot of truth to what he was saying but this is the thing and like I said excellent point there but I just you know even as a fan myself and even what I really like is I piss and moan about four-hour paper, especially if it's uh, buying. And after that, even the fans in attendance another couple of hours, you know, charting AEW. Not see, it's like ECW on the W stuff. I think that's probably Tony and the kind of the way they delivered that. And even I, who's got a shitload of wrestling watch, was like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'll watch Dark. I don't mind watching Elevation. You know what I mean? I'll catch up with that as well. Just because I, wa- I watched them afterwards. And like I said, how happy Adam Cole. That- oh. Um, incredible. <laughs> and then, and, and then you're thinking, oh, right. And then the show on Friday at Madison Square Garden. Fuck me. Yeah. Like, that crowd. Funny. I mean, what did you think of SmackDown? It was beautiful. Awesome. You know, it was, uh, other than, like, I believe the women's match fiasco, that's pretty much the only drawback I could even say. You know, it was, it was a great show. It was fun. It had the energy. Like you said, the crowd was hot. The matches were great. Edge and Seth Rollins could wrestle any day for my money, anytime. You know, they 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 obviously just click. Edge Edge so far has done a great job of you know, I don't know if it's something he's doing on purpose or something that Vince is doing, they're being careful kind of with what Edge who he works with. Well so far he's knocking it out of the park. If you think about everything he's been involved with since his return. And Seth Rollins is no, you know, is no exception to that. He's he's been great with him, you know. Kind of ironic that Edge has a class match with a guy like Seth Rollins, at the same, you know, in the same, you know, manner that kind of like Christian and Kenny Omega have been going back and forth. Kind of cool to think about yeah. that when you, you know, when you look back at it. But either way it goes, it's, it's cool. You know, it's just great stuff all around the board when it comes to. And yeah, I, I as much as as much fun as all out was, and this is the reason why I don't understand some of the constant comparisons because SmackDown great. And I, I don't think you can look at that and say it wasn't great, but it was great diff in a different way than what all out is. And there's nothing wrong with that. They have two completely different approaches. And I think SmackDown and then looking at all out, if you look at both of those shows that most recent SmackDown and all out, they both can show you that they can have great shows just put on in completely different styles and ways. And, you know, so it's just all about, you know, putting the pieces together on a weekly basis with WWE. But, yeah, we can all have fun with our wrestling. It doesn't have – you don't have to choose a particular style, in my opinion. Oh, no. Like I said, if you want to choose a side, then fuck off, you know. It's not what what it's about. But, like, you make an excellent point. 
WWE, when when they do it right, WWE the best at, you know, like you said, main event players. The Reigns, Lesnar, Simon. This is what... These are the guys in AEW. This is what they're looking at. You know, the few Hulk Hogan and Match rocking off the build. And it was WWE did it. And it's sometimes it's like, hello, McFly, WWE, you know what you're doing when it's done right. And then yesterday's at work and I read a piece saying, tonight I'm going to cash it. <laughs> yeah, all right. And then I wake up and Raw last night. I mean, what were your <laughs> thoughts on what happened on Monday Night Raw, right? Eh? With, with Popularity and Biggie coming down, cashing in WWE. <laughs> I have to give Raw uh, some props, and that's something that I wasn't doing for a, for a while. For the last at least three weeks, it at least has been semi-watchable. And I know that sounds like a like bad, but I mean, it was really, really bad there. Really touch and go there for a while. And I think the last three three or four weeks, they have they're starting to get a decent groove. Yeah, they, they could do a lot of other things better. And maybe with the draft, Raw, could, Raw will get even better. But overall, the show, in my opinion, last night was fun, you know, uh, at times. And the moment of Big E prevailing as WWE champion, you know, we all know how much he deserves it. We all know. Uh, it just it felt good. It felt good. You know what I mean? And I think that's one of those things you don't really get a chance to see often. The way he did it, you know, kind of similar to most people in the past because it was after a Bobby Lashley match. But at the same time, he called his shot. He let everyone know that he intended on doing it. So it was also like still honorable in a way, if you see what I'm saying, even though it was after a match. So it was still well done, and I'm interested to see. You know, I, I love everyone already jumping to the Survivor Series possibility of Roman Reigns and the Usos versus the New Day. Uh, and I, I would love it for them to just go, go ahead with that, you know, idea whether the New Day are tag champions or not. You know, I think it would be a nice idea. And, at the end of the day, uh, it's just it was a great moment. And again, this is what pro- professional wrestling is all about: these feel-good moments. And like you said, when they when they execute things the right way, it's nothing like a good cash-in. You know, we talked about everyone. You know, deservedly so. WWE got killed for the oldest decision and the way that played out. You know, and but this when the money in the bank cash-in is executed with a, with the right person at the right time and is done right. This is the result you get. It felt great, and it was cool to see a lot of people, comrades in the industry, other wrestlers, all of them giving Big E their props because Big E is one of the most beloved yeah. wrestlers currently. So he deserves it. It was great, great moment. We talked about Cesaro right at the start of the like Big E. The reaction on Twitter today is immensely a bad word, and and one of the, the things that they were saying as well, the fact is a black man, uh, you know, and, and this is the kind of thing where we see that. And for me, personally, Big E beat Bobby Lashley, but I understand that, like I said, there's a whole different lot of more ignorant people. And a bit like uh, Belair versus this you know, you know, we, do, we don't have to kind of... Yeah. Again, I don't want to start, I'm not racist, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we've... Oh, we've my goodness. Oh, you know, no, you know, I, I, I thought I warned you about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was going to say, you've taught me my opinions to myself, but that's what I'm saying. I love the moment, you know, in COVID yeah. and the excitement. Things is like, well, the only reason WWE doing this because AEW had a good show. Well, thank fuck. Like, you know, how's that? Right. How's that hurting us? That's the end result <laughs> we want, I believe. Right. That's what I thought we all wanted. You know, everyone loves for many, many years post Attitude Era. They love to bring up the Attitude Era and how great it was. Well, you only got that product that everyone loved and holds so dear to them because there was competition pushing the envelope 
and making Vince McMahon think outside the box and be creative. Well, that's where we're going. We, we you know, we got tired of the same old formula. So if it took a couple of guys leaving, starting up their own thing, doing it their own way, and making head, you know, making head, you know, making waves in the business and doing it in a different way than them to get them to change up and do something different, then that's we're all the better for it in the business, if you see what I'm saying. So, and as fans, we're all the better for it. You know, you should want your company to do better. You should want. I don't. I don't understand why anybody would want any wrestling company to do bad if you really appreciate wrestling. But honestly, though, uh, overall. To, to point out, like you said, I, to back to your point about that, the title switch, my whole thing is that I don't know how how long people thought about it, but as a black person, I've always known that for a long time, The Rock was pretty much the only one in W, like for the, as far as the WWE championship goes. You know, of course, I heard about Ron, you know, Ron Simmons in the 90s, of course, with Booker T and Mark Henry's World Heavyweight Championship reign, which I love the big gold belt, by the way. Always was a, was a looker, you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but you know, to fleshing out that list, to see now having to go from when Kofi in 2019 to, you know, then Bobby Lashley and now Big E, you know, to go that many years without having a, a black person as WWE champion, and now we have two in one year, in this company, it definitely means something, and it shouldn't go unnoticed. And you know, so uh, I, I love you highlighting that. And I love everyone who's highlighting how history is being made because, yes, that means twenty years down the line, it won't even it won't even be anything we need to mention because the list will continue to grow because we this can only make more and more black wrestlers strive to you know in the future. I remember when I was younger. The explanation for why there had there weren't so many was, you know, it's not as many black wrestlers as white wrestlers. That's the explanation I was told when I was younger. So it's so nice to see the representation and see that kind of flipped on its head as the years have went by because now we have, you know, black wrestlers spread out all across the world. It's great to see. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Look, and anybody listening to that and saying, oh, you know, it's like, when, when you were a child, who did you look up to? Who, whose examples there were people who either looked like you or kind of acted like when they're kind of, you know, in the spotlight and like haven't lived that. And, and then the selfish going, you know, we're about the new day. We talk about 2019 Kofi, Big E. Come on now, let's vote for it. Woods, 2023. He's, he's got to have his <laughs> Let's fight. do it. Let's come on. Let's start this now. Let's at least get him the king of the ring run he wants so bad. Something, right? Throw him a bone. So, like I said, on Dynam, Impact's been great because always in one. Because Samoa Joe's third reign as NXT oh, champion oh came to God. an abrupt end. Um, he announced on Sunday amount time. He's second in the captain of the championship, coming back from the hammer. Oh, man, it sucks. It's like uh, he just can't catch a break when it comes to the injury bug in wrestling. It's always, that's one of those fears you have when you come back from injury. So, for it to happen so quick. It, it sucks, man. It really, really sucks. Uh, again, um, this might be unfair because I'm pretty sure Cross gets a, gets a lot of verbal abuse these days. But man, <laughs> seems like he's two for two now when he's, you know, with injuries. You know, he, uh, you know, when someone else. So in Keith Lee's match, he was Keith was exiting, 
and Cross got injured. <laughs> is it a curse on this title belt or something? Because when Cross is exiting, <laughs> you know, now we have this situation with Joe. It's weird, right? How that worked out. It's, it's so we're gonna have to watch crazy. out for what happens for the next person who leaves. <laughs> well, what is quite exciting? What is quite exciting for us is the next time we do a pod together, next team New, champion. Yeah. Like I'm voting Johnny Gargano. You got Gargano. Uh, it's def- I'm hoping for it. That may be a bright spot. We get someone like get a rain from Gargano or something, something like that. Maybe, maybe Pete Dunn. Well, I, I the... figured that's what you were thinking. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, yes, you know. <laughs> well, we've got the match tonight anyway. Tommaso Ciampa, LA Knight, uh, my man Pete Dunn, and Carlo Riley. They're the four guys that are going to compete. Ah. The winner becomes NXT oh, well. champion. Don't forget, Johnny's got a wedding. Again, that's we're fair. we're arguing Forgot about. about it. People listen to update. This is what we do for two hours. So don't worry about that. That's all coming. But yes, if Pete Dunn does, if I don't wake up, I yeah, won't think, I'm going to be oh, bummed out. Uh, I think he's a. a... I, I, that's a fair, fair something. You know, it's a fair something. You know, I would not be surprised. Like, like you said, if, if they don't, I don't know why. I think it's the perfect opportunity just for this spot. For, you know, uh, especially thinking about that match. And I hate to put you on the spot here, but it's about to be Kyle O'Reilly versus Pete Dunne. So take your pick because I think that's where we're going. We're either going to find they're going to finally throw it on Kyle and just throw him to the wolves, or it's going to be Pete Dunne's night. That's that's that that's where we're going. So I guess we'll see. Well, this is say you know I'd even take L A Knight winning and carry on with Ryan for the championship. Like like it's an exciting Sweet. time. I know a lot of people aren't happy about the NBA brand. But like I say, you well. You and I are going to walk into the unknown on the oh, next show. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of the unknown, is the belt going to continue to be black and gold, or are they going to spray paint it? All I these. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm saying. If they do that, I'll be like, "Fuck you guys!" But like, they can't multicolored. It'd be interesting to see what happens. I I don't think it's bad as well. Right. And right. like SMB was Right. There. Hopefully. What I hide, because apparently the weddings are the True. main event segment. But again, we're oh, going to cover no. all this. We've got five <laughs> episodes, because not only have we got the new re- reboot, we'll have the week after. Um, all right. That is, I mean, that is a lot of wrestling. Uh, but it just makes you... Yeah, something's wrong with us. We keep coming back for more. I don't know what they, I don't know what they, what they put on it. I don't know if wrestling is a drug. I don't. I don't know. But we keep coming back. You know. <laughs> like I said, we keep... when it's bad, we come back. So we can, <laughs> we can trash it. When it's great, we come back because we love it. I don't. You know, it's it really has a hold on us. It really does, and I I worry about it as much. Uh, which <laughs> if not, um, so don't forget that is it for today. So at the I'm at my monthly pod on twitter uh just mind of monthly podcast type it in on youtube type it in uh on your anywhere you look for podcasts or you can just go to my twitter click the link in my bio and just you know notify me have listened <laughs> anyway i appreciate everyone and yeah at my monthly pod hit me up well, we get a lot of love for you on the Belmonte, so, you know, don't forget that. You're WNR also on Facebook and Instagram, across the Google platform, at gmail.com. We forget so many, we might have to start reading them out. Uh, and YouTube, the WNR podcast, we have all latest clips and podcasts go at the same time on YouTube. as do SoundCloud, your phone, also Spotify, subscribe, rate, and we're there. So that 
is it our next episode it's monty again it's next week for nxt update nx i can't until then i've been james rowlands and i was joined by the fantastic is for joining me always a pleasure never a chore always always i appreciate you see you next time all right until then thanks for the and bye adios